Good morning, campers. Welcome to another episode of The Cauldron of Gaming, uh, a discussion of gaming where we have fun and uh, cast spells. This week, I'm joined by the super systematic Josh. Focus, focus, bitches. I'm also joined by the super silly Basile. Shablagoo. <laughs> We've also got the super sassy Fabrice. Hello there. Hello. And I'll be Which your host. What was that? Which spell was that? <laughs> Are we casting spells now? I thought we were going to just do it as a charm spell. <laughs> this week, I'll be your host, the Supersonic Frankie. Hello, hello. I'm saying hello to myself. It's okay. I, we just had this horrible uh, holiday happen to us um, that kind of goes against our pandemic. Uh, what would you call it? Our pandemic rules set in place that help us not stay sick, but uh, it's also a holiday where people get together with their family and don't have fun talking with their racist relatives. Uh, luckily, we didn't have to do that so much this year if you were smart or at least wore a mask. But I wanted to know, do you all have something you're thankful for? Um, doesn't have to be gaming. Anything you're thankful for. Start with you, Josh. Yeah, uh... I will forever and always be grateful for just the sweet music, sweet sounds we get to, to get to experience in our lives. Music. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, music just kind of gets better and better as the weeks pass by. <laughs> but I also tend to not get the radio stations. Mm-hmm. When I listen to a pop station, I'm like, this is what's big? Anyway, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Fasile? What are you thankful for? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is going to be kind of weird, but I'm thankful for that occasional feeling that we all get where you just feel this kind of feeling of joy because you just heard the sound of a bullet whiz past your ear, you know? Like uh, like playing Call of Duty? No, no, like, oh, <laughs> damn, this could have really sucked, but it didn't. I was going to say, we're, if that sounds heavy because that's actually happened to you, right? Right. Oh, I mean, yes, but I would say that happened to the nation, really. Not all of us. I've never experienced a bullet flying by my head, but you, I'm, ooh, you know yeah, what that's yeah. like. That's so nuts. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, nope, it did, it did not get me, and you know, I, <laughs> you know, it just, it just made me think the guy shouldn't have no scoped it. That's his fault. This is a great teaser for a story. We'll have you tell us another day. <laughs> okay, Fabrice, what are you thankful for? <laughs> Uh, I'm thankful for having a job during a pandemic. <laughs> oh, trust. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now that you said that, I was going to say something else. But yeah, it's nice to keep working. It's weird being considered an essential worker and being put out there in danger. But so far, so good. Knock on wood. Haven't gotten yeah. sick yet. Yeah, I've been playing cat and mouse with Corona. Haven't been, uh, haven't lost the game yet. Happy for y'all. <laughs> Happy for uh, I'm going to get a little political and controversial because that's just what our podcast is. Uh, I'm thankful that um, who I voted for won the presidency. And I'm also grateful for the PlayStation 5. And soon I hope to be thankful for the Microsoft Series X. To be fair, I am more thankful for the person I voted against losing. Uh, but that, what you, what you yep, said too, yep, what you, put you it, said too. Yeah, though. that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> hey, Josh, a, uh, yes. you had something you wanted to talk about. Uh, I'm going to let you take the floor and take over this conversation real quick. Oh, before okay, yeah. So 
I, I thought I thought it was great that you mentioned how you're grateful for the PS5. Uh, <laughs> uh, not all of us are lucky enough to get one. Yeah, well, you and I, friend, we both have PS5. We lucked out and got were able to get our one. Hands yeah, on I was one. gonna say I, I got very lucky. <clears throat> but uh, not everybody is able to get their hands on one. And if uh, I heard a story that uh, Walmart put some on sale for their Black Friday sale. And they they lasted for roughly like not even a little over a minute before they were sold out. Yep. <laughs> so course. what I want to talk about and kind of what you guys feel is, uh, you know, just the, uh, trying to, you know, trying to get your hands on a console of your choice, whether it's Microsoft, Sony, or getting your hands on uh, the most recent NVIDIA graphics cards. Mm-hmm. And just I- like... Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Actually, actually, AMD just put out some graphics cards as well. Okay. Those as soon as they came out, out of stock everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Hold, hold on, Sheena. What are you doing? Come on. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Right. I'll try so, to cut that out. <laughs> an interesting thing is that you know, obviously, one of the biggest complaints about this particular uh, console generation so far is that uh, scalpers are a problem. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, was there a scalper on tweet uh, on Twitter on tweet on Twitter that uh, posted like a like a like a storage room that had like two so like twenty five hundred consoles and just you know all these scalpers coming out talking about how they have all of these consoles and then you go on to eBay and you try to you know buy a console if you can get a console for it and maybe not too much of a markup and you're looking at something that's two times three times the markup price right right. Um, it, it's like a, it's the console version of a hand sanitizer in April. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, basically, I think, in my opinion, at least, um, you know, this is kind of unprecedented because you know this isn't. Granted, the, the circumstances with Corona make things different, but this isn't the first time there's been an enormous demand for a new system. Because, uh, guys, if you if you recall, because you know. Most here, actually, I think all this year will retail. So during Black Friday, and you know, during the last console releases, people were being murdered for Xbox Ones and PS4s at these insane Black Friday events. Um, and you know, the, this kind of drought wasn't there at that time either. And and that and that goes for uh, graphics cards, CPU components, all of that stuff. And I feel like a very a lucrative strategy that, that, that a lot of the companies seem to have jumped on is to, you know, tease these, you know, new, new products and then, uh, you know, sell them, but sell them on an artificial scarcity so that by, by holding back some of your original stock, you sell enough to make profits to report on your quarter without actually having to, you know, flood the market with your device like everyone wants one of these people are scalping them the fact that people are fighting over these things and willing to pay like double marked up price for, for a ps5 that you can play all two games on right now two or three games i think it's just it, it seems more like a business strategy than it is like uh you know a misstep in production for these companies because you know them saying that they didn't really estimate and then they underestimated how much demand is going to be is is i don't know i just think that's disingenuous it's hogwash yeah 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 all right uh, so- 
Yeah, oh, I, mean, okay. I, should, I said like I, I, have a, I got a message though for y'all like I wonder like those of y'all who haven't haven't been able to get their hands on any of the any of the consoles any of the devices of this console generation um, wait to get wait to get it like wait till you can legitimately get one because I was gonna say not, yeah just be patient yeah because yeah. we got us like uh, consumers as consumers we got to send a message to scalpers that Hey, uh, we love that you are being, uh, you know, your go-getters, you know, your entrepreneurs, but not at the cost of ruining everybody's gaming experience. I mean, really, what scalpers are doing is pissing, pissing the gamers, pissing gamers off. Well, yeah, I was going to say to uh, gamers out there, I got my PlayStation Five on launch, which was about two weeks ago. Um, I've already gone through all the new games. Um, so now I'm just back to playing PlayStation 4 games on my PlayStation 5. Granted, there were extraordinary experiences. The jump in tech is really interesting to see. But now I really don't have much else to play as far as like new gen games go. So if you're patient, you'll probably have a lot more experiences to enjoy I, when you actually I, finally get the system. And even then, these are, these are the first rollouts of these respective consoles. I mean, uh, it's not as if like gamers as a whole don't already know how the song and dance works. They're going to come out with uh, you know slightly modified versions of these systems. You know, not not too long from now. You know, that's just how kind of tech works at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and um, we won't have like the best showcases of the tech until we're ready to jump into a next generation. It's just going to get better and better and right. better until they want to release the new ones. And, I and, guess. You know, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead, Josh. I'm sorry. I can say that I'm actually happy with my PS5. I got mine within the first launch week launch week of the console coming out. And um, I've only played one game on the uh, one PS5 game on the uh, PS5. <laughs> and uh, otherwise, I've been playing my PS4 games on my I PS5. Mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's actually part of the reason why I was going to buy a PS5 in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like the, because I, you know, my, my PS4 is so old. I've had like a launch PS4 this entire time. Oh my god. That's yeah. awesome. That's, That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I've had like four or five PlayStation 4s. <laughs> I only have two PlayStation 4s. I have the I think it's like a second generation PS4 and then I have my Spider-Man uh, PS4 PS4 Pro. I think Fabrice still has the PlayStation 4 that he started yeah. with. Yeah, That's I got awesome. the uh, I got the um, Glacier White uh, same bundle, yeah. and she's been good to me. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> oh, I'm jealous. Especially, but if any of y'all, if you guys, any of y'all out there was able to get your hands on the uh, gray, the place like the, the original gray uh, color, uh, yeah, color for their PS4. I am super envious because mm-hmm. I would love to get my hands on one of those. <laughs> Maybe one day I will. You guys ready to move on? Hell yeah! Oh I'll yeah, a Most game definitely. for you. Frankie will always provide you with games. And this time I have nine categories because I noticed that, yeah, not everybody got to play three times. So I've got nine choices this time. Quick aside, I feel like that intro is what you'd say if you were doing your version of a Saw game. (laughs) Frankie always has games for you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To start, I instead of going in the order that I always do because of the order that your videos show up in my Zoom feed, uh, I want you all to pick a number between 1 and 25, and then this is just the order I'm going to use for the rest of the episode. So, Josh, pick a number between 1 and 25. Picked it. What? I picked it. What is it? 
Oh, it's 17. Got <laughs> <laughs> <That> it. <laughs> Basile, what's your number? Nine. Okay. And Fabrice? Eight. Okay. Uh, Josh and Basile, I'm going to need you to pick another number, and I'm going to pick a different number. <laughs> All right. Uh, Twelve. Okay. okay. Over here saying the good numbers. Uh, Fifteen. Right on. So, Fasil, we're going to start with you. Josh, you're going to go second. And Fabrice, you're going to go third. Uh, this game is, what is that currency called, ma'am? Uh, oh, no. I'm going <laughs> to give you a game and three choices, and you're going to tell me which one is the actual name of the currency in that game. Okay. Now, I was telling Fabrice earlier, I picked these games as, like, things that would be pretty obvious to me and hopefully aren't that obvious to you. So I'm not trying to give you specific games that you would know what the answer is. I want you to be as completely blind as possible and try to mix you up and make you frustrated. And then we'll see who wins in the end. Is this world currency, like real, like real life world currency? Or are you talking about currency in games that we played? In games. Yeah. What's making the currency sure, in that just game? Just making sure. Okay. <laughs> not, okay. Not making like sure, making sure it hurts right. every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a lot of games that have dollars. <laughs> All right, Fasil, you're okay. up first. I've got Resident Evil 4. Your three choices are was the currency euros, pesetas, or pesos? Oh. Pesetas. All right, you got a point. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be tricky there, but. <laughs> you almost got me with the pesos. Yeah, it's. I didn't even remember what the currency was when I saw that. I was like, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, we're going to Mega Man. Was the currency bolts, nuts, or screws? <laughs> <laughs> bolts? Oh, I'm surprised he got that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Point Josh. <laughs> yeah, you used. Uh, I, don't play Mega, I don't play Mega Man. <laughs> going back to Resident Evil 4, you used Pesetas with the merchant who went, Woody Brian. And you would basically get upgrades or jewels or what have you. Um, and then in Mega Man, yeah, you use bolts to buy upgrades also. But Seal, I've got Mario, which this might be pretty easy. <laughs> okay. But Seal, I met Fabrice. I'm yeah. so sorry. God, you guys' names are too close and too exotic and beautiful. Too close, yet not even close. <laughs> Kill you. <laughs> in Mario, is the currency coins, stars, or moons? Oh, so easy. <laughs> what? Because mm, oh. isn't it all of them? But there's a specific Ooh, one. Yeah. Trick question. It uh, is a trick question. <laughs> it, you get those from one of those coins, and then stars. I don't know. I feel like okay. Well, stars is like a superpower you got, right? Like you hit, you get a star, you'd be like become invincible, right? No, 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 with, ugh, no, I don't want to give him give an answer. This is Fabrice's. <laughs> I'm going to say all of them. Oh, because he thought I was doing a trick question? I wasn't. I thought you were. It was <laughs> coins, coins. I'm yeah. fucking, all right, got it. Stars give, and moons are more keys. To, yeah, to advance to the next stage, yeah. All right, we're back to Facile. Um, this time we're doing Dragon Age. Is the currency dollars, credits, or coins? Uh, coins. Yeah. It is. Yeah, easy, easy, easy. So easy. You guys thought that was easy? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> because, like, if you have, like, a gold coin, isn't it a sovereign? 
think well, it's I mean, a sovereign. Uh, well, I mean, like I think credits, it is a sovereign. Yeah. Like I okay, do- sovereigns, but then that would have been a trick question, also. <laughs> yeah, dollars dollars would have sounded like something like in in like a real game, like Battlefield or something, and then credits would be like a sci-fi game. So mm-hmm. a medieval type fantasy game would be coins. And, or yeah, like, gave you guys an easy game this week, <laughs> or maybe we just know <laughs> our games really well. Let's see if mm. like we got people off the street to play this game if they would get it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, I've got one for you. All right, this might be easy too. Maybe, this is totally maybe. easy. This is Final <clears throat> Fantasy. Hmm. Phil, Gil, or Fala? It's Gil. It's totally Gil. Yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> so you, so this next question you give to Fabrice, it cannot be a trick question. None of these were trick questions this week. Um, <laughs> I should have said that at the beginning. <laughs> uh, these are going to be. I think the rest of these are kind of tricky. So sorry, Fabrice. Uh, Breath of Fire, which Ooh. is an RPG series. Oh, that is. That is a niche game. This is yeah, it's gonna be tricky. So is does Breath of Fire or I'm sorry, what do you spend in Breath of Fire? Is it Zal, Zella, or Zenny? I'm gonna say Zella. It's Zenny, my love. Oh my I god, you're such a douche. <laughs> <laughs> what? I thought Zenny was Dragon Ball. <laughs> or like It is. Actually, Capcom uses Zenny in a lot of their games and Breath mm-hmm. of the Fire Breath of the Fire. Breath of Fire being a Capcom RPG is one of those games where they used Zenny as the currency. Breath of Fire for hell yes. Not only did they do it in Dragon Ball, but they did it in one of my favorite games, Mega Man Legends. Mm. Oh. Alright, we're back to you, Facile. Next we have uh <laughs> Tech Give me a curveball. Oh, you're gonna get me good on this one. Yeah. So in Tekken, is the currency fight money, battle points, or combat currency? Holy shit. Oh. Can't make an educated guess on that one. Yeah, that is rough. (laughs) Can I I get the list again? In Tekken, is it fight money, battle points, or combat currency? Battle points? Yes, I tripped you up. (laughs) It's fight money. <laughs> See, I thought fight money would be something that'd be in like I don't know, what's that? What's that just street fighting game I'm thinking about? Def Jam? I don't know. It's so generic. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that's what they're using Tekken. Okay, Josh, this is gonna trip you up too because I know nobody else played this game. In oh, Wild yeah. Arms, is the currency Gil, Gela, or Gemma? It's Gela. Oh, how'd you know that? Because <laughs> my brother played Wild Arms and I played Wild Arms. You did play it. How come you didn't mention that every time I say none of you played it? I just never played the original one. I played the other version. I played like Wild Arms 3 oh, on okay. PS2. Yeah. 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 I kept the same. And Storm. I saw and I watched my brother. I watched, I watched my brother Storm. I watched him play uh, Wild Arms 2. Okay. Yeah. Fabrice, this is the final one. Let's see if we can get you a point on the board, okay? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I know. This is Nier Automata. Oh, no. Was the currency C, D, or G? Fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I know. I'm with you, bro. Say it again. C, D, or G? Damn. Mm. That's rough. Oh, my God. And, I of course, I had to put this game in there because we all love it so much. But well, apparently remember not. What the we money don't even know the currency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I'm going to go with C. Girl. Oh, it's a G, isn't it? I wanted to give you a point so bad. Mm-hmm. It was G. Yeah. Um, okay. 
I'm going right. to just keep the streak going. I'm going to be the loser of these games. Like, <laughs> <laughs> get questions intentionally wrong. No worries. There's no consequences. But, Josh, you won that round. Uh, Facile, you came in second. And Woo! Was there Don't too. even say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, thanks for playing, guys. It was fun. And I'll try to be more tricky. Yeah, I'm gonna be more tricky and try to. I'm really... so mad about the Mario one. I know, I knew it was coins, but then I know there's. I'm so mad. Oh, Next I know time... what you're talking about. Are you talking about those little like yeah. uh, various like level uh, tokens that you get that you can also like buy stuff with? Those purple things, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't put those in, but um, I will let you guys know beforehand if I put trick questions in there or not, <laughs> just okay. to really make y'all paranoid. Uh, next up, let's uh. Go into our other regular segment and talk about what we've been playing. And since we came up with the order, Fasil, why don't you tell me what, about uh, what you've been playing since last we talked? So uh, I'm still playing Hollow Knight. Um, I also just just started Doom Eternal. I'm not very far into it yet. Ooh, did you play the 2016 Doom? Oh yes, God, I love that game. Yes. How does Doom Eternal stack up against that? Um, it's just more of the same thing, but better, which is exactly what I wanted, you know? Yeah, I've been, um, kind of reluctant to spend full price on that game, but I do want to play it. I got it for, uh, I got it for 17 bucks. I would play that. Black Friday, brand new. I I think we saw... I, I think actually, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I looked at the PlayStation online sale today, the Black Friday sale, but and I don't remember if it was on there or not. I just remember looking at the things I had already bought and being like, well, what am I going to buy? But I, I, I think Walmart has it for like 20 bucks. I, I, I guess mm. I'll check later. <laughs> You're giving this a recommendation. <laughs> um, oh, do, Doom Eternal. I mean, I haven't played it enough to give it a solid recommendation, but I, I played through the 2016 Doom, which was phenomenal. And it just seems like it's just like a, a much more tightened up, um, uh, just excessively brutal version of that. More and, tight? That game was pretty tight. Yeah, yeah. It just, it just has very tight controls, more weapons, and just like the gore is just glorious and vibrant. So I should game of the year. So good. So far, so far. You know, did you get past that part in Hollow Knight that you told us about that seemed so brutal, carrying that seed or whatever? I came, uh, I came close <laughs> to almost getting it, and after that time, I got so upset that I had to just take a mental check to not throw my switch against the wall. So after that, I had to take a break. <laughs> Yikes! Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a fun challenge. I'll you know I'm probably gonna like just start doing backflips and smashing my head against stuff once i finally get it done can you do a backflip no um, i no. <laughs> i uh i i could at one point i am not confident <laughs> in my ability now i am older <laughs> your back will break permanently <laughs> yep <laughs> or my That's leg awesome. something it'll be like that did you all see final destination was it five <laughs> the, the 3d one was I it? The, <laughs> didn't, was, I don't. Maybe it wasn't in 3D, but yeah, I think it was five. I think that was. I think that was the only one I didn't see. I love those movies. 
So there's a scene where uh, they're doing gymnastics in in uh, the gym at the school, and uh, I guess not to spoil how it happens because the whole scene is like you're on the edge of your seeping, like who's gonna die, how, how's it gonna happen? But the girl ends up like she's doing like those bars where you like do flips around it, parallel bars. And, yep. Yeah, and 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 she gets like powder in her face, and she does a flip off of it and lands wrong, and her back just like crunches in on itself, and her oh, leg that sounds brutal. <laughs> you know, Okay. Her back crunches, her legs okay. break, her arms and break, and then her there's neck. just like blood pooling around her, and her hand is still twitching, and she's just like staring off in the distance. I have nieces that do gymnastics, so whoops! <laughs> I know it's all good. It's all good. It's all no, good. no lie. I mean, like if they just decided to make Final Destination into a show, and instead of really even a coherent storyline, it was just like one story after another of some person dying and some absurdly convoluted and seemingly unlikely way i would watch that you that's know? kind of a good idea i've been like really a wanting a new final to destination. like a better version of a thousand ways to die because final destination did a thousand ways to die better Ooh, yeah just just like do the show with like more people avoiding the first tragic death and then you could just do one every episode yeah it's just no matter what everyone dies that's just the fun part like you already know the ending I love those movies just because there's such creative ways to die. But when you think about it in real life, a lot of those ways they die, you couldn't really die that way. Like if you, if you flipped off a bar wrong in gymnastics, you'd probably break some bones, but you wouldn't snap, snap in back. half. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't snap in half. <laughs> Well, I well, mean, like, the, the, if you want to be analytical about it, if you land on your head, it's possible to break your neck. I mean, like, guys, you, you could. <laughs> suspension of disbelief. We're here for the brutality and the absurdity of said brutality, not for. No, yeah, don't critique those movies because I, I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always say suspend your disbelief because they're all just like water balloons full of blood in those movies, yeah. and I'm fine with it. I'm entertained. But, <laughs> but, yeah, as, like gymnastics, gymnastic accidents can be pretty brutal, and it's just just seeing them happen. And, and, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I think Josh has a point because the thing is, there's so much absurd, grotesque brutality in real life that looks like it's movie stuff. Like, you know, uh, Necromorphs and Dead Space, they were just based off of them looking at car accident photos. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I agree that you could die in plenty of easy ways. But the I think uh, the body, the human body is a lot more durable than these movies portray humans especially yeah. the final destination movies true Gu- guaranteed you would die if you got hot tar spilled all over your body though or a crane falls on you but a lot of those ways they die yourself so. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, I, I would actually pay to just see like you know like people like i guess like like a, a show about people dying in funnier ways like, you know, a show just... A thousand ways to die. If, if there was just a show that was just, just about, like, people, people being kicked to death by koalas, I would watch every episode. Because it, it just never gets old, you know? We'll have that being kicked by, by crazy kangaroos. Uh, yeah, oh, no. I even see that happen once. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead move on to you. <laughs> Let's get uh, off right, this so, topic. Right. So uh, the game, the most, the current game that we had for our gamers club is uh, Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. Um, I I I played and beat that. Um, I played it. Um, actually, the way the developers wanted you to experience the game, which is you play in a dark room and you wear headphones. That way, you can take advantage of the three D audio, which I use the platinum headphones. Which uh, something to let you guys know about if you haven't tried already on the PS Five. 
uh, the companion headset companion app does not work with the uh, previous headsets. I didn't even know. So, one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because you can do what you can do is you can put like preset sounds. Like, for instance, if you want to play Horizon Zero Dawn with the, uh, it has a profile for that game specifically. You can download into the headphones. So, what you have to do is go on your PS4, get the profile you want, and then use it on then then use it on the PS5. But I played that. But I've been still playing my Alien Nation game, and also and I also started playing another game that I played years ago called Hawken, which is another multiplayer game where. You're in a you're it's a freaking first person mech shooter. Oh, that that actually sounds pretty cool. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Get my ass kicked, but it's fun. <laughs> I was that's, gonna that's say it. I I didn't uh put Hellblade in my what have I been playing, but I did start that just because we're doing the game club of it. So you two, well, Fabrice has already started it too. So Facile, uh, you don't need to just start it. We don't need to beat it soon. Um, We'll eventually get to actually doing a game club of it, but also to any listeners out there who are following along, we're going to all do a discussion about Hellblade. Um, I've been doing what Josh did, and I recommend it, where you just play in a dark room with your headphones. Hopefully your headphones have 3D audio, because that's the best way to experience that game. Um, and, and it looks amazing on the PS5. Holy cow, it's it look good. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised. Um, the, the lighting is a lot better, and you can... Mm push the game to do 60 frames per second native or attempting mm-hmm. instead of the standard 30. So yeah, it looks, it does look better than I remember it. Mm-hmm. And when she Fabrice? talks to you, it's crazy. Sorry. Okay. Let it stop. <laughs> yeah. Save that for the discussion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mama Fabrice, what have you been playing? Uh, so I still have the same list of games as last time. I'm still on vampire. I'm still on Bayonetta two. I'm still on Hellblade. But even though I'm thankful for having a job, it does take a toll on me. So I haven't, <laughs> I haven't really gone back to those in like uh, two weeks now. But I did need like a palate cleanser, just kind of like change the tone of my days and just to calm down. So I've been playing Astral's Playroom. Oh, I saw that yeah. PlayStation Five, yeah, and Mamo, good times. Mm. Yeah, we both yeah. that game. Uh, it's really a, uh, it's like a museum of sony's past and a showcase of what the new system does what did you think about the the haptic feedback and the new vibrations that that game showcased that was great i mean that's the whole purpose of astral's playroom is to showcase the dual sense and i love the controller i was a huge fan of the dualshock 4 for the longest time and then here comes dual sense to just sneak her way into my life and i've been happy <laughs> ever since but i love it's so cool but in astral's playroom i just love the little easter eggs of like playstation's history it's like this cool little game that you just notice all these little things and it just cheers me up so i i needed that palette cleanser i needed that game in my life right now because mama work is a it's a taking a toll on me and those games i was playing is taking a toll on me so i (laughs) think well astro's astrobot's uh playroom it, uh, there's like so many cool references to past PlayStation games. And then there's four basic hubs for four parts of the level to happen. And every time you got to the end of one of them, they, they kind of do the intro, mm. like the startup animation and sounds of uh, one of the systems starting up. So and that when, was- yeah. Cause when PlayStation two hit, I was like, that is, that's my baby. That nostalgic startup sound of mm-hmm. the PlayStation two. Good stuff. Do you so have like it's a fun, it's a fun little quick 
you know, feel good moment. If you don't oh yeah, you it. could beat that I, game in a day. Yeah. yeah. Do I, you, you know, go ahead, Fisio? I was just going to say, I'll be honest with y'all. I, even though I know it would be just the most blatant cash grab in the world, if Sony came out with a PS2 classic, I would buy it. Yes. Right away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. yeah, Josh is shaking his head, but I think the rest of us would buy it. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I did buy favorite PlayStation console. 1 classic. It's my least favorite. Your least favorite console? Why? Least, fa- least favorite. Uh, purely aesthetics. That's why. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, my PS, my PS Five. It looks like like this like beautiful, beautiful lady dressed in a white gown. <laughs> so, and I see my PS. You know, all the con. I, I for me, yeah, console aesthetics is really important. Uh, Apparently, too important. Really, if it had, like too. all the best PlayStation Two yeah. games on it. You'd be like, yeah, oh, it looks now. It looks. Hey. <laughs> it's, it's my know. small it's my smallest library of all my ps of all my playstation consoles too the playstation yeah. 2 okay. Josh likes them thick <laughs> so what was your favorite uh ps3 uh no my favorite was this as uh to this day even though the five is starting to grow on me uh the original the classic playstation is still my favorite really Mm-hmm. Uh, I just have a lot, lot of nostalgic, like lot of nostalgic memories. It's really when game, when games really took off for me. When I realized how much I love video games. That's fair because I think whenever like I look at a PS One as opposed to any other system, I just kind of have this feeling of like just warmth mm-hmm. and like childhood happiness in games instead of like mm-hmm. the I think more and adult way that I understand games now. I look at my PS One collection every freaking day. I like yeah. always like oh maybe I should play that game again. Maybe I should play that game again. <laughs> Yeah, and the PlayStation 1 games are probably going to be the ones that are worth the most and the ones I want to depart with least. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fabrice, real quick before we move on, I kind of wanted to get your input on the controller a little bit more from Astrobot's Playroom. Um, If you had like a favorite moment with the haptic feedback and the vibrations, because I was going to bring up uh, what blew my mind with those was um, in the haptic feedback category, you get this kind of gun that shoots balls, but like a Gatling gun. So it's like, and when you hold down the trigger to um, shoot it, the controller fights back with you in the same way where it's just like jumping up and down with every pop. That was so cool to me. That's cool. Like, you're just like, pop, 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 and your finger, you can look at your finger and it's just like shaking up and down. Yeah, well, I was going to say that. That was one of my favorite moments. But also there's like this little subtle moment is... Uh, there's an ice level so you're ice skating and you could just the texture you could just feel the texture of the ice as you're skating around i thought that was pretty cool the haptic feedback i was gonna say the other thing i really liked was the um when there's that level where it starts raining and you can just feel in your hands like the rain just like falling all over but like kind of like if it's falling from the inside of the controller to your hands i loved that that was my favorite part Hmm. well i guess we'll just move on to what i've been playing (laughs) yeah man like I said, I finally got through most of the, or pretty much all of the PlayStation 5 experiences I had recently. So I have, I've been playing Bug Snacks, and I just finished it yesterday. Um, it's basically, if, if you guys don't know, it's that game where the insects and the animals just look like strawberries and pieces of candy and shish kebabs and just a bunch of delicious food. Uh, the reason that I played it first off was that it came with PlayStation plus. So it was free. Um, but second off, uh, the critics who have been talking about it have been saying the ending is so unexpected and it's, uh, definitely worth seeing. Like it's, it's something that you won't see coming. It's interesting and, uh, crazy. 
and I can guarantee and confirm that that is the case. <laughs> the ending was so wild. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, I could say to anybody else out there who's kind of on the fence about bug snacks, if, if you think it's just like this cutesy game about catching and eating these little snack creatures, that there's actually a pretty intense turn at the end that you won't see coming. But also all the things you eat, probably like I'm going to take a a guess at it. They all get really pissed off at you joining together because you're basically committing genocide and they eat you too. (laughs) What I was actually thinking was it was going to take some like more like, Oh yeah. It's like auto cannibalism. We're like, I'm delicious. I'm just going to, Oh, or something like, uh, have you guys seen that movie? What was it? fucking called um sausage party that's what i thought it'd be something yeah. like that oh yeah no, that movie was surprising. <laughs> it was like okay we, watch sausage party don't spoil it that, Please, that thing is really crazy for that it's not, it's not for kids it is not for kids no, no. no. But i was also gonna say what was surprising about bug snacks is that there's amazing lgbtq representation in the game because the person you're looking for, um, they prominently feature her lesbian um, partner and their relationship. And it's it's basically integrated into the story about who those two people are. But eventually you do meet two characters, um, two men, who one of them is just kind of devoted to protecting the other. And uh, they've known each other since childhood. And uh, basically one is like this bodybuilding, like tough bro uh, party hard kind of guy and the other one's a professor and you talk to the professor and he's like well I'm in love with that guy but I don't know if we're in a relationship or not we've just been living together and all that and it does turn into like this whole like uh, complicated relationship that they have and that uh, they love each other and it's so fucking cute because all the characters just look like cute little furry muppets um, I would say that the the creatures are cute it's fun catching some of them but the game can get frustrating because there's like some ice or fire ones that like you burn or you freeze when you try to catch them. And the game is short. So it took me about four to five hours, but I didn't do all the side missions or all the bosses. Um, But yeah, it's something you can get through really quick. Uh, I think it's worthwhile for how long it is. Plot is free. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like a classic PlayStation appetizer game. Mm, Sounds like it. Yeah. Real quick, I'll touch on Spider-Man Miles Morales too because that was a short game. Um, I just beat that. Uh, I thought the story was pretty interesting. Um, it wasn't groundbreaking or anything like that, but I liked it. Um, the graphics, I, I talked about this last time, the graphics are amazing. If you switch it to performance mode, that's amazing too. Gameplay is very fun. Everything is a great showcase to show off to your friends for the PlayStation 5. And it actually makes me want to replay um, the other, the twenty. 18 i believe the 2018 spider-man just to see um that story again play with the improved performance and also your trophies don't carry over so i can get that platinum all over again and (laughs) improve my score um and then i just have one more game i'm just going to touch on this real fast um i forgot to bring this up last week because none of us have been talking about it but i i did start hades um i Really, really, really like that game. Um, I did want to bring it up just because I saw it was nominated for Game of the Year on Game Awards. And I kind of want to be one of those people to throw my hat in the rink and say that I support it. And it would actually be pretty surprising if it won, but I wouldn't hey, mind me it. too. Hey, that's two of us then. It's a, it's a roguelike game, and I usually don't like those. But the reason I like this one is because the gameplay is really fun. Uh, and usually roguelikes... 
you you get random buffs and abilities that in, like you'll just be a different character every run you do and then when you die you start it all over again and just get more random abil- random abilities with most roguelikes nothing ever changes but with Hades there's an actual story that's happening and every time you go back the story keeps progressing which I really like I like that there's an actual narrative and it makes sense with you dying and coming back it there's a lot of really cool characters and I I'm really enjoying the story um well, another okay, thing, I think you really enjoy dead cells I'm not playing dead cells I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh actually I might but it will be a while but um, the, uh, on top of the story evolving, even though you restart the gameplay after death, there's uh, permanent improvements you make to your character also that carry over uh, with currency that you collect. So um, I, I guess I like this roguelike because there's permanent changes that you carry over. So it's not just like you're randomly restarting every time and just getting new abilities. You see a story progress and you see actual progression happen with your character. And I would like to see more of that in roguelikes. Um, But I did want to say to anyone out there who has played it, um, my favorite weapon is the gun. And my favorite boons come from Ares. And Ares is also the hottest god. And I would be um, so mad at myself if I didn't mention how hot all the characters are. Aphrodite is pure up naked (laughs) with her hair covering she is she's, stunning. She's yeah. covering up her 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 gina and her latits and with with her hair, but she looks so gorgeous. Ares is so fine. Oh my god! And Zagreus, <laughs> your main character, he's so handsome, and he's got this like really charming British accent. And every character is just like a hottie. I did want to mention that the first character that I tried to romance was Achilles, but he broke my heart because he said his heart belonged to somebody else. But he'd like to be my friend still. <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah, isn't it Persea? She's all Persea. That's her. That's her. She, she. He loves Persea. I'm not familiar. I'm not like too well versed on Greek mythology. So uh, mm. apparently, I just went for a taken man. But <laughs> he <laughs> he was sympathetic, and he said, "Hey, like that's okay. I'm sorry. I just can't return your feelings." And I was like, "Well, that's fine. I guess we'll just be friends." But. <laughs> It's interesting that you can even do something like that in a roguelike game. So, yeah, Hades is Apollo's probably your best bet, bro. <laughs> Who? Apollo. Apollo. Well, next I'm going to try Ares because Ares, oh, Ares is like the second finest character. Oh, my hey. God. He's so hot. I'll laugh if he turns you down, too. <laughs> he probably will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think... Uh, We've, we've basically uh, gotten through everybody's uh, what are we playing recently. Uh, if you're all okay with it, um, I'd like to take a break real quick before we get to the topic of the week. Sound good? Good. All right. I'll mm-hmm. see you guys in a few. Cool. are back from our break uh we are again joined by josh the seal and febreze and me your host frankie 
say hi, guys. Hey, everybody. What up? Hello, Hello everybody. Hello. Uh, this week we picked a topic that kind of uh, confused everybody, I suppose. <laughs> uh, it started off as a discussion where we were going to give our uh, favorite franchises or just like big franchises to other developers and kind of talk about how they would do it better or possibly worse. I don't think any of us picked something like that, but it ended up also becoming a discussion where or choices we made where we were we're also going to talk about franchises that actually did give their games to other studios. So I kind of did both and I think Josh did also and then uh Facile and Fabrice I'm not sure what you guys did but we can all just give it give it up to discussion. We all have great banter. So uh I'm going to go ahead and give it to you Facile. Uh did you have dream games that you wanted to basically give franchises to other developers or actual yeah, yeah. Um, so um, the first one I was going to go with for my turn um, I, I wanted I wish that um, uh, Capcom took over the took over Visceral Games and, and produced Dead Space 5 Capcom okay yeah. <clears throat> any particular studio like any I know Shinji Mikami's no longer with them. I think Shinji Mikami would make a great Dead Space. I mean, that's that's who I was actually thinking, but um, I I don't know, I don't have any particular studio in mind. I just I just want Capcom to just absorb another iconic horror franchise into their like mythos, you know? Maybe the team who's been remaking the Resident Evil games. Uh, Resident Evil 2 remake and the recent Resident Evil 3 remake could do a good job? You know, even if they didn't make Dead Space, you know, uh, 5, if they remade Dead Space 1, oh my god, I would just melt into butter. It would look great on that RE engine. (laughs) (laughs) Like like Dead Space 1 PS5? Like... (laughs) But Blue Point does it. (laughs) I would just be sobbing for like an hour straight. (laughs) Yeah, Blue Point would do a good job with that. And then, uh, yeah, bringing Shinji Mikami up, he's with Bethesda now, and his company is Tango Softworks, I think it's what it's called, or Tango Works, whatever. Uh, they would do a great job, too. I love Shinji Mikami. But, um, yeah, Josh, what about you? Oh, yeah, so this game, I uh, it's actually a game that was – well, talking about the first three, they were super successful, originally developed by Bungie. Uh, Halo, the Halo, the Halo series, mm. not the, not the, uh, what is it? Four five and six or four, four and five <laughs> uh, who were developed by three, four, three studios. Anyway, um, I'd like to give Halo to Respawn. Oh, that's an interesting choice. Respawn yeah. known for, uh, Titanfall two, Titanfall, Titanfall two, uh, and Apex Legends. That's right. That's such a perfect choice. Um, I haven't played Apex Legends, but I loved um, Titanfall 2. The campaign was amazing. Mm. Yeah, and that blew me away too. So I, I like to see them work on Halo just to see what they do with it. Because, I mean, Bungie still did a kick-ass job with the first three Halo games. Uh, but I'd like to see like Respawn's take on it. I mean, how, what would they could possibly, could they possibly make multiplayer even better? <laughs> for real like i i don't even play a lot of first person shooters i did play mm-hmm. the original halo trilogy and um like i said titanfall 2 titanfall 2 is like an interesting case just because i heard that the campaign was good so i went through it and 
boy, that was such a good campaign. I think even if you even if you don't really like first person shooters like Call of Duty or um, uh, Destiny, that's the one I was thinking of. If you're not really into games like that, Titanfall Two, I think, will still impress and uh, give you a good time. And Respawn was that company? That'd be really cool to have them do a Halo game. I absolutely that's a great choice. Oh, I mean, they're they're having develop develop that uh, yeah 343 is having development issues with the current uh, Halo Infinite right now. <laughs> it got pushed back. It's not a part of the launch title launch titles for uh, the Xbox Series X and S. So I mean, hell, a lot of bad feedback. Oh, it's just well, it's it's like the it's like it's going to come down being like kind of similar to the whole Anthem debacle where it's just uh, bad bad management of the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is next gen. We we thought it was going to launch with Halo, but. It's all good. All we want we want back. we want the next Halo to be awesome because Halo the Halo series needs Infinite to be amazing. We'll see. Time will I tell. Hope, hope to God. <laughs> yeah. I, last note on that topic: Digital Foundry did, I think, the most prolific video that caused a lot of the backlash. I mean, I mean, it was the reveal, the gameplay reveal trailer that gave a lot of the backlash. But Digital Foundry actually going into the tech and telling people why it looked the way it did and what they can improve is I think what basically broke the camel's back. They just need to work on the lighting and textures. Most of all, if they just improve that the game will look great. Anyway, Fabrice, let's go to you. Yeah. My first choice is a, a horror game. And, uh, I kind of wanted to, cause I feel like Capcom has been doing such a good job in terms oh, of yeah. having this formula when they can just like, own their shit and just like produce these amazing uh, horror games, Resident Evil. Um, but they've been doing really cool remakes too. So I kind of want to give Silent Hill to Capcom and see what they can do. Oh my God, that would be so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, Resident Evil 3, I got it for 15 bucks, y'all. Hey, shush. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go. Digital or physical though? Physical. That's even more bad. Good. I yeah, only yeah, buy yeah, a physical yeah. most of the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know uh, Resident Evil and Silent Hill have are two different entities, but I know Silent Hill has a lot of symbolism. So I just want to know like what Capcom would do if they were able to take over this this storyline. Yeah, honestly, if they, I, if they were to remake it, like what would they do with that? You know. You know, honestly, if Capcom decided to dislike Disney, the ever living hell out of horror games and just basically acquire one horror franchise after the other, I would be okay with that, you know? Like, normally I'm not for that kind of thing, but just having just this market of just, like, quality horror games, ooh. Also, the RE engine is it's beautiful, so I oh, yeah. I think it would be so cool to see Silent Hill in an RE engine. I love the RE engine. Those The graphics they do with that are incredible. Yeah. I'd love to see Necromorphs tearing people apart with that RE engine. Mm-hmm. Right on. Well, I guess if we're moving on to me, um, I actually did a lot of actual games that came out, but I focused on one franchise in specific and then broke down the games that came. So I'll just pick my first one here. I was going to focus on the downfall of Silent Hill <laughs> because Silent Hill 1 through 4 uh, were developed by Team Silent. Um, I think four was, I'm, I should have done more research on that, but four was definitely the most different of all of them, but still kind of had the feel and the, some of the original team like Akira Yamalka. 
But uh, the first game that came out after 4, not developed by Team Silent, was Silent Hill Homecoming. It came out in 2008, and it was developed by Double Helix, Double Helix Games. Uh, You'll know Double Helix from, uh, they made Killer Instinct Season 1 for the Xbox, and they also did Strider, uh, the 2D remake of that classic game. Or It wasn't really a remake, more of a reboot. I, I played it, and I really liked it. Uh, the reason that Homecoming wasn't really well received by classic fans of the game was that it was kind of it went the Resident Evil path where Resident Evil five or four and five and six kind of went where it was more action oriented. Uh, it was explained because the the character you play as in that game is a, an army veteran. He's he's seen combat, so they explained it that oh he would be more capable unlike the rest of the games where you're just like some guy or some girl. And you just have no combat experience, so the combat's hard, and you want to avoid it. Um, I did want to say that the story, the tone, and the scare elements were kind of more westernized, so it kind of lost that uh, Silent Hill uh, charm, which was more of a Japanese horror style placed on an American style setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you just kind of like build up the tension and the dread. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Japanese just have a certain style about their horror that it's kind of more like. A, grim dark psychological you can see that basically silent hill embodied those and the fifth one kind of went more american horror and the last thing i would say about that is that the reviews of that game were mixed so uh basically a lot of people were kind of saying it lost a charm like i said because of the westernization of the game uh the story was criticized as being unremarkable unsurprising and unoriginal but the sound was one part of the game that was well received because uh, veteran composer of the series Akira Yamalka returned and delivered his uh, signature Silent Hill style which kind of kept it grounded towards the series and the voice acting though not the best was also lauded as being better than it was in the other games and that's that about uh, Silent who Hill would you want, who's, so who would you want who would you want to work who if you were to give it to a studio to, to work on or to come do differently or who would you give it to I'll get to that actually uh, in that case, uh, Fasil, let's go back to you. Um, so I think I would love it if uh, if if, if Nintendo's um, uh, home home base, uh, home studios, if they took over uh, the Sonic series. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Why I mean, just, haven't they? <laughs> I mean, it's just it's such it would be such a good fit. There's so many good uh you know just really good um just platforming action adventure game ideas just right for the picking there puzzle games you name it mm. um because i think like sonic was always just a game where you know it was it was a really fun it was a fundamentally like solid concept that had just that rarely had the 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 follow-through so when, so, so, mm. so someone with like nintendo's consistency would i think make make good use of it when Sonic went 3D is kind of when it started to fail. Yeah, um, it didn't really definitely. translate well to 3D. But you can look at Mario uh, or any of Nintendo's 3D platformers, and consistently they just keep getting better and better. Yeah, I would love to I, see. Yeah, because because I think they always make a good habit of just keeping the gameplay overall really tight, so that way they just kind of build off of it and just like add new elements to just an existing formula that works for them. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, what about you, Josh? So this is another game series that actually did really, really well. Uh, it was originally made by Bioware. Uh, this game's called 
well, the Mass Effect series, not including Andromeda. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, although, anyway, well, we could lump Andromeda in there too. Uh, I'd like to see CD Projekt Red take a crack at that. Interesting. For Mass Effect. I'd love to see how... Now, here's, here's my reason why I'd pick CD Projekt Red for, to, to go and, hey, you guys make Mass Effect, do all the Mass Effect games again from how you, your perspective. They have... Uh, if I were to compare the storytelling of... Bioware OG to current team of CD Projekt Red. I'd have to say CD Projekt Red kind of takes the cake, uh, just because I, I mean, I've only really the only game I've really played is Witcher Three, but I adored Witcher Three. Not only that, very few games do a good job of you taking on side quests that actually impact the main. They can actually impact the main story. Mm. So uh, I'd like to, I would like to, it's like, if you do a side story in Mass Effect, even in the original game, like it didn't really, you know, well, I mean, granted, they were making some, you know, they're pioneering storytelling at that that point in time in RPGs uh, for like a new age. However, still, I feel like, you know, those, those side quests, you know, they were all right. They could have been better, but to see how CD Projekt Red could do with those side quests on top of the main storyline could be interesting. Yeah. Well, I specifically Mass Effect Two. Um, what was her name? Kind of like the ninja hacker. Was it Kasumi? Or, yeah, know. she was uh, added later. It was. I think it was Kasumi. Her yeah. side mission was remarkable. <laughs> if I just, oh, well, the, the, the character, the, the, the characters, the character side stories were awesome, but you could still do other side stories that had nothing to do with the main characters. Right, I got you. Yeah, because there yeah. weren't, there wasn't. There's a lot of choice in those games, but as far as side missions go, it's more like you just do them, and then the story is affected because you did it, right. as opposed to like yeah. what choices you made. Right. Are you saying that you want them to remake the original trilogy or do a new Mass Effect? Basically, all the games I'm all the games I'm suggesting, I want I want them to, to go back and just redo all the games. Or yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a yeah. pie in the sky when pigs fly kind of. <laughs> oh, everything about every every title I'm gonna say is like these are things that probably will never happen. But it's like a, a me as a gamer's dream that if I could see these companies go back and well, especially the the last the next two games I'll be bringing up for you'll see why <laughs> I chose those <laughs> studios for those particular oh. games. How about you, Fabrice? Yeah, all my choices are hypothetical and just like fantasies, I think will be so cool to have happen. I know they're they're never going to happen, but it's just the idea of it. It's like it, it kind of gets me excited. So I, the next one that I chose was Mario. I'm a huge fan, not enough to know the currency, but I'm a huge <laughs> fan of Mario. And I always wanted to see a darker side to it. And though I've never played these games from this de- these, this developer, but I understand the love for it, I always thought um, to give Mario to From Software. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be I really think it cool. Like aesthetically and atmospheric vibes that uh, um, From Software gives, like I feel like the storyline from Mario and the characters and the environment will be so cool if software from software would do that. Mm-hmm. I feel like Mario and Dark Souls and Bloodborne kind of have like a similar, like from point A to point B, 
like storyline like it's, there's not much to it but you along the way you kind of understand what's going on um so i feel like there's a similarity there so just having that aesthetic and the the, the battle the, the way you combat on uh, from software games would be pretty cool to have mario be involved with that kind of stuff so i think it'll be dope to have that happen it won't but in my head it's uh I always wanted a darker Mario game. I think they would do justice for it. I can't even imagine what From Software doing Mario would look like, like what the game would actually look like. Like, would Mario be a human-looking person in a dark world with, like, Goomba? (laughs) I'm sure they could do it. Uh, Think about um, probably one game they might reference if they were to do it would be uh, Mario RPG on the, the Super NES. And by Squaresoft. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. They could, try to make, they could try to make it the world's most grim platformer. Somebody mm. should. <laughs> I think it's already been done. <laughs> Who? Where? Receipts. Uh, Blasphemous. Oh, that's that's fair. He's right. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. Blasphemous is that a platformer? Is Seems more it like is. a hack and slash. It's, it's a hack and slash platformer. Huh? Huh? Well, when I think that's a 2D hack and slash platformer, I want to see a 3D dark grim platformer. But those those aren't really a thing except for Nintendo. You don't really see those on other systems. The only one I could think of was like a ukulele or Crash I guess Crash Bandicoot 4. It's a it's about time just came out. And I forgot to mention that in uh um what we've been playing, but Fabrice and I have been playing Sackboy a big adventure uh, on co-op also. That's cool. Um, which I'm really liking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway. It, what were you saying? I, I had a question, but I forgot it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm going to go ahead and talk more about the downfall of Silent Hill, but this was kind of a, a high point. Um, the first game that actually came out after Silent Hill 4 was Silent Hill Shattered Mem- or I'm sorry, Silent Hill Origins for the PSP originally uh, that came out in 2007. And then in 2009, Silent Hill Shattered Memories came out. Both of those were developed by Climax Studios. Now, both of these games were actually well-received. Uh, Shattered Memories basically being well-received because uh, they tried, they, they remade the first Silent Hill, but they did it in a fully remade way. They, they added new and unique ideas. The original game was Fire and Brimstone, where the the Shattered Memories version was Ice and Winter. And then Origins was praised just for keeping uh, the elements that made the original games so beloved by us fans of the games. Uh, Climax Studios is a British developer. Uh, They're known for making the original Diablo, and then they've just ported over uh, pretty popular games from consoles or from PC to other consoles or vice versa, blah, blah, blah. And basically that's all I have to say about those. It was great that uh, it showed that Western developers could take this Japanese title that we loved and kind of still stick to the themes that made it great, which homecoming just kind of showed that uh, it could also be ruined. Right. But yeah, I think uh, my personal experience, uh, I loved origins. I, it didn't, it, it did feel close to the original silent hill because it takes place before then 
and I did feel like I was playing another Silent Hill. Um, again, both or I, Origins definitely had a Kira Yamalka soundtrack. I'm not sure if Shattered Memories did, but I just I've heard a lot of good things about Shattered Memories just because it tried a lot of new things and completely changed the original while still kind of keeping the same premise. But um, yeah, it doesn't sound like <laughs> you will have much to say about that, so I'll just go back to Fasil. <laughs> Um, all right, so mine is a little out there, um, but I was hoping that Insomniac Games would take over the Dragon Age series. Really? Yeah. You, you know, you might have something there, bro. <laughs> I'm not sure. You're going to have to convince me. So I guess the way I figured it is, um, you know, like RPG elements aside, just in terms of like the... The, the actual gameplay and like the fluidity of combat and movement and such in the setting of an open world game. Um, and, you know, like just uh, if you mix in like just the kind of like the side mission structure of Dragon Age and uh, character customization and talent system, along with like the open world style that I think Insomniac Games introduced with like Spider-Man, you know, it, it could be something really, really good. Um, because I've, I've thought about a lot of open world games that have come out recently and they're all good, but they have this kind of like overwhelmingness to them that, you know, it feels like you get so bogged down with the parts that you don't see the forest for the trees. And I didn't, I never had that experience with Spider-Man. Like I still felt fully engaged with the whole, with the whole world, even as I was going through side missions, like, uh, you know, I, th- I think it's like, that would be like a good marriage between that, that kind of, uh, Freedom and Dragon Age. Definitely check out Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. I was going to say Insomniac doing Dragon Age, you're going to gain something and lose something at the same mm-hmm. time. That's because true. That's I think that Insomniac does gameplay really good. They know how mm-hmm. to make a fun game. They know how to make movement feel fun and combat feel fun. But I've never really seen them handle like choice-based storylines or even like an rpg story arc at all really Ooh, what about guerrilla studios same because i remember i i, I played their last two games which was kill zone uh, the last kill zone and horizon and though you do make choices in horizon i don't really remember those affecting the story that much it's more so than just like how the direction that conversations went I guess just, uh, you know, in that, in that sense, you could, you know, I mean, like, you could go with, like, something like Elder Scrolls or Skyrim, but then it's like you have to, you know, renege on a little bit of quality control. The team that does Elder Scrolls and Fallout, I would not give them any additional franchises because they still need to figure out their own games. No, no, it just, they just, it just feels like they give you games that are just good and just almost done. And then the fans finish them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys remember, but um, not too long ago, like Bethesda tried to uh, cash in mm-hmm. on, on, the, on the community mods for, for uh, Fallout and, and Elder Scrolls, and there was just a huge backlash. Mm-hmm. Like, I forgot what it was called, but yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, wasn't that like just to have the mods on console that you just had to purchase them individually? Yeah, just, just some bullcrap. Just a way, way of monetizing uh, what players were creating, so they can make money off of the players. 
Don't yeah. forget their subscription service with Fallout 76. Oh my it's, uh, ridiculously God. overpriced. <laughs> For such a bad product. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a company that uh, a gaming company that might do right by Dragon Age could possibly be Sucker Punch. That's true. I mean, like Sucker Punch has made a lot of good open world games. It's hard like, for me to pick anybody aside from BioWare, just because I'm trying mm, to think of another company. Rocksteady. I'm just, I'm, hmm. I'm just like trying <laughs> to see it from the side of like Bethesda is the only other company I could think of that does choice based storylines mm. just as well as BioWare did. But I don't want to give it to Bethesda. <laughs> right. I mean, and honestly, like, we, you know, we don't, it's the OG team for BioWare is gone. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh-huh. We're not getting quality uh, storytelling from uh, BioWare right now. You could it's say, like, a- Don't Nod also does story based uh, games, but their gameplay and graphics and whole tech is not as good as BioWare. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just feels like you have to always give up something, you don't really get the complete package. Yeah, yeah. Or have multiple studios work on different parts of the game. Right. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. like, you know, but I bet you eventually, I don't know when, but at some point, one of these uh, massive overlords that we have right now, like like Amazon or Disney, are going to, like, try, gonna try to finagle their way into video games. And before you know it, all of these different companies that are competing with each other are going to be one big happy family under this big tyrannical oh, mouse amazon is making a game right now it's called a new world what no yeah. i'm not excited <laughs> check it out it's an mmo how about okay. this um what about mass effect made by rockstar oh nope Mm-mm. big say no no big it's a big no the crap out of that game <laughs> no i mean you. they will they will they will but that aside i just i just want to see how it plays out like what would they do with it you know yeah, and I meant we, Dragon Age, my apologies. They could but. make them, I mean, if you were to give a Mass Effect, the Mass Effect online part, they could probably do some work, do some work magic with that, I bet. Oh, oh, Josh, here's a curveball for you. Yeah. How about, uh, oh, I just had it, Destiny, uh, but by Blizzard. They'd fuck that up too. <laughs> which which Blizzard before Activision or after Activision? <laughs> Just uh, either or. You can say both for on the like for all I care. It would have to be the original Blizzard team to make it. But here's the thing: Blizzard did try making a like a 3D action game for those based in based in the uh, well StarCraft. It was StarCraft Ghost. And uh, they just couldn't get the project off the ground, couldn't get it going because they were developing it. And it took so long that new console generations were coming out. Uh, so it, I honestly think that if you gave them something, if you gave them something like, uh, you know, like Dragon Age or Mass Effect, they probably wouldn't be able to make their minds up to make the game come out on time on any console where people would actually accept it. That's <laughs> fair. Yeah. Well, let's move on to you, Josh, actually. Okay. Um, give me your... Uh... Go ahead. All right. So these, so the, this next game is a game that did not do well. Uh, it was made by Bioware, but not the original OG Bioware team. Y'all probably already know what I'm about to say. Andromeda. I'm going to say it's it's called Anthem. No, not Andromeda. Anthem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anthem. Uh, and so I don't have to talk too much about Anthem, why it failed, but basically we got this awesome demo where you're walking through a bazaar and this guy jumps out in front of you and says, hey, uh, I need your help. Uh, my team is stranded out in the middle of nowhere. I need your help. And you see a big 
a big strider. I forget what they're actually called. I think it's a strider. Like a, it's like a elephant. It's like a brontosaurus mech thing that walks across. It's supposed to be a mobile base that you see walking walking above you. Just looks amazing. And you see his awesome gameplay. And then when we got the game, oh, we did not get the mobile base. We didn't get uh, we didn't get the awesome. Uh, story narrative that we were hoping to get that guy never comes out and, pop, and pops out in front of you saying hey i got something for you to do for me you got the flying uh, yeah we, we got flying if you want to be iron man that's a game you want to play <laughs> <laughs> what are you but, uh, talking about though uh all the mainstays at bioware were put on anthem and it was oh, but all they, the secondary they, that was they left on, they left like they the game they they once just, they left before the project was finished yeah granted yeah and it was a weak like it's a the story is weak as hell it's a terrible story it was still the same studio though still bioware not the same original bioware gold team gold the gold platinum team but (laughs) they started it uh pretty much uh the remnants started it (laughs) it just it's a it's a terrible game we just like we just didn't get like we didn't get what what we were promised for that game and I mean, the the loot system's terrible. Right, anyway, because you know, you can have, you can have some guy that like leaves you with some really okay looking pizza that could use some more ingredients, and you could just throw like a tub of mayonnaise and dried fish on it. Well, you I, know what I mean. Imagine <laughs> it's like yeah, like like even if they got something good initially, they just probably destroyed it by the end. Okay. Uh, yeah, actually, well, it it was like, it was plagued by mismanagement. It doesn't. It had lack of direction. It lost uh, its forefathers and then mm. lost direction. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it is what it is. But uh, if I could have uh, the comp, but I I would want one of the studios for Capcom to go back and make Anthem, like the Monster Hunter team. Like the exactly yeah. that's exactly it. I want the yeah. Monster Hunter team to work on Anthem. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Cap- Capcom is just killing it right now mm. on like all oh, fronts. I can't wait to play Monster Hunter Rise. <laughs> I have that pre-ordered. I'm ready for that. <laughs> but yeah, that's really because um, I think for me, the for me, like my real experience with Capcom, other other than the Street Fighter games, uh, was definitely Monster Hunter. I mean, hell, I I think Monster Hunter on the PlayStation console is my most played game. Damn, it's like over seven hundred. I can't remember what I put posted. I think it was over seven hundred hours of Monster Hunter World. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, it's a oh, it's a great game. That's why I try to get you guys to play it. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, the game I played the most, as far as multiplayer went, is definitely Overwatch. Here, let me. I don't uh, know if you guys would play that, but I I'd, I'd go back Overwatch? to Overwatch. Actually, I, no. I'd be so confused now because <laughs> really <laughs> so many updates with that game. I mean, the, good for them and good for the fans who stick with it. But like that game changes so drastically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see here. Um, I'm trying to pull up. Oh, yeah, here we go. So my top three multiplayer games, y'all. I'll, I'll probably bring it up again. Yeah, Monster Hunter World, 767 hours. <laughs> Destiny 2, 660 hours. Warframe, 478 hours. You played that much Warframe? I, Warframe, I'm, well, one, I'm one of the found. I happen to be one of the founders of Warframe. And uh, I liked Warframe. The idea of Warframe is pretty awesome, but it's... To me right now, their uh, digital extremes is just not doing a very good job of managing that game right now. I hope that they figure something out. They start bringing content to the players. I'm not trying to be a white knight or anything like that. Like I liked that. I like I like uh, War Warframe. It just just not where 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 I'd like it to be right now as a consumer, as a gamer. 
Yeah. Yeah. Fabrice, let's uh, jump over to you. Again, all minds are just hypotheticals. I'm in like this fantasy world. I just want to be Frankenstein, just make these fucking games that won't probably make sense if they ever <laughs> tried to do this. Do it, but. mama. Tell me, tell us. Uh, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Though it is a good fighting game, I think there's a lot of characters in the series that you could just be able to flush out enough to make it into a an RPG. So I thought that maybe they Square Enix could take mm-hmm. over. Oh, I want to see what, what Square can do. To... That's a really interesting combination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. Who do you uh, think would be the main character? I don't know. I mean, they always put Liu Kang first. Or Ryder. Made a Sub-Zero RPG. That too. But there's just so many characters. Like, there's They can flesh out all these storylines for these characters. And I also want them to flesh out the world. Like, they don't really... I mean, everyone has their own little pieces to this fighting game, but I just want it to be fleshed out. I, I, want, actually, to live, I want to live into this world, and I want those RPG elements to it, too. I would love it if they did something similar with Injustice. Injustice was really good. Punks mm-hmm. are awesome. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what both y'all are talking about, because I played the campaign in Mortal Kombat 11, and there was a lot of cool story going on with that. And then to you, Facile, I played the story mode, like, about three-fourths of it for Injustice 2, I believe, and a little bit of Injustice 1, and that, that campaign was incredible, too. Well, so, I mean, I think, like, so uh, I actually played bo- through both as well, and I agree with you. It's just that I, I read the Injustice comics, and I think, like, I can say with confidence that the Injustice comics are the best comics that I've read. So um, Square, basically being masters of storytelling, could tell the story better. Yeah, like I think, um, like the story, like the story for for Injustice, like the actual games only like scratch the surface, and it has such just such a huge, connective, massive story where everybody has their own parts. Um, I feel like you know, you know, Square Enix, that's their bread and butter. This convoluted, intricate story where everybody has their own little thing, little fifteen minutes of fame. So would it be one of? Would it, sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Would it be like? Would it be one of the uh, like home studios for Square Enix that would make that game? Oh, definitely, definitely. Okay. It'd have to be, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that. That and it's it'd be a huge, huge game. Every mm-hmm. what kind of gameplay would you expect out of a Square Enix Mortal Kombat? Mm-hmm. I guess I'm just comparing it to like a Final Fantasy. I just want an RPG out of it. Um, so more of a turn-based or more of like a Kingdom Hearts type of deal? I guess it would be like more Yakuza-style combat. Oh, no. that would be nice. I would that actually would I would love that. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's good. That would I, was be think, good I was thinking more of the lines of like a turn-based style. I you think I like Final Fantasy VII and split the difference. Yeah, there's enough characters that. to do a turn-based style Mortal Kombat game. Mm-hmm. RPG, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was my choice. That was an yeah. interesting combination. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lore to that game. Obviously, Eleven was the last one that came Insane. out. So. And there was a single player experience for Mortal Kombat. Uh, Midway made it. It was on the PlayStation called Mortal Kombat Sub Zero. Mm-hmm. They had multiple games. They did another one like that. Did they? Yeah. Okay. I think with Liu Kang, if I'm correct. Oh, I think I'm you're right. right. You might be right. Okay. Uh, I guess that leaves me next, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, this is the finale to 
the games that <laughs> the downfall of Silent Hill being passed on to other studios. <laughs> the sad story of one of my favorite franchises being just killed off by being passed around to other studios. In 2012, Silent Hill Downpour came out by explosive and well-known company Vatra Games. Um, formed in 2009 and <laughs> shortly uh, taken down after this game came out. Uh, you'll all remember Vatra Games for their hit game, um, Russian Attack Expatriate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're a Czech, uh, they're a company based in Czech Republic. Basically, they made two games. This was their second game, and their parent company basically abandoned them, cut them off, and just disowned them. And then the company went bankrupt and <laughs> dissolved. Uh, this game got mixed reviews because um, some people actually liked the story and the atmosphere, but it didn't perform technically well, and uh, the gameplay sucked. For me, I played the game, and it just wasn't Silent Hill at all. There were these ugly-ass, like, generic monsters that were just witch women who would, like, banshee women who would come and attack you, and then you you would just be like, oh, oh, and then push them off and attack them, and it was like... A game. Do that again. How was it? Yeah, how was that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So was the banshee the banshee witches? Were they trying to rape you? And then you just pushed them off. He said, "No, not me." They were just like attacking you as if you were a woman hitting on their man, and they weren't gonna have none of that. They were just like clawing your eyes out, like "Bitch, get off my man!" And then if you had long hair, they probably pull on it too. Uh, I thought the story was terrible. the gameplay was awful. The graphics weren't great. It was a game that was meant for the gen before. Um, mm. The magic was lost. The series was killed. It was heartbreaking because Silent Hill was definitely my favorite franchise. Konami used to be my favorite company. <laughs> but they, oh. mm. uh, Silent Hill was kind of the first step. They just decided to pass it along to these developers all over the world. And none of them could really kind of capture that same magic. You could kind yeah. of argue that Climax Games, who did the Shattered Memories remake of the original and Origins, captured a part of that magic, but it just wasn't the same. Uh, the right. series was never the same. And it, it's just kind of a, a sad story that that series was just plagued with mediocre titles and was ruined. And then Konami just hasn't revisited it since. And Konami's just been flying down the the shitter because of their treatment of Hideo Kojima and uh, their focus of saying that pachinko games make them more money. So they were just going to focus on that instead of the, instead of their video games. Konami, Mm -hmm. the anti Capcom. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Whereas Capcom was uh, always kind of good, but just like been turning more and more gold trash into treasure. Uh, Konami's been treasure into trash. Mm. That's unfortunate. I hate saying that about a game developer, uh, this Vatra Games company, but I don't know what kind of deal they had going on there where they just like fucking made the worst Silent Hill ever. Yep. Why would they give that game this lauded franchise to this company who had made on- who made only one other game, which none of us know what it is even? <laughs> because they were determined to kill off their fandom so they could sell other stuff now. Yeah, you know, it's like Metal Gear Solid. Oh, you guys remember that god 
awful multiplayer medical solid game they tried to come up with after they started uh, the works of getting rid of Kojima. The one that used the, the same most recent engine, one, the Fox engine. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Well, like, why is it called Metal Gear Solid again? <laughs> just, oh my god. That yeah. story made no sense. Wasn't it like flash forward to the future? Uh, and then there was some big black, like Resident Evil looking monster for some reason. Oh yeah. And then <laughs> I remember seeing a cutscene where like, it's like walking towards them and everybody's running off and your character is just like, Whoa, look at that. Oh. I'd do that. Like staring at it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! Like, no, we gotta go. And he's like, "No, we must stare at this." We don't even oh, remember the name man. of that game. <laughs> oh, Konami, their cup runneth over with poop water. Yeah. So, mm. Konami just like they seem like the definitive uh, anti give your franchises to other developers because they don't really seem to care. They just want to keep their franchises alive and be cash cows without the really a, machines yeah mm-hmm. yeah don't really want to focus on quality but more quantity and um well, it's biting them a- in the ass as far as this the video games they make are concerned well on the bright side you know like if they end up just going down the, the shitter far enough that they you know declare declare bankruptcy maybe a better uh developer a better publisher can pick up their franchises i mean i wish they would the sell their franchises yeah. mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like, mm. if if they go bankrupt, then they're going to have no choice but to sell all their assets. They're not going to go bankrupt with their pachinko machines. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, you never know. Pachinko can only last for so long. Well, maybe Kojima, Kojima can, um, you know, buy up the uh, Metal Gear game. <laughs> buy back Metal Gear. <laughs> that is, I think that Taylor Swift would have an easier time getting back her masters. Wow. Well, that goes <laughs> over my head. Here's the... <laughs> The whoosh with my hand going over my head. Yeah. That I tend to do at least once like an episode. A, <laughs> like a routine thing with like recording artists is that their mm. original recordings for their biggest albums, um, they don't get to keep those. And really? like you know, all the money that goes to the that would go to the artist for like streaming their most famous songs and putting them in movies and such, it all goes to the original owner of the masters instead of the artist because uh if the artist doesn't own the masters in the contract all the royalties don't mm-hmm. go to them so it's sort of like that like uh you know kojima they're making money off of kojima's creations without paying him for it i'm trying to look up uh the name of that metal gear solid game but it is so terrible that it's been wiped clean off the face of the air oh, it can't be that hard to find I mean, they have tons of games, and a lot of these I don't even know. So I bet they release uh, a lot of games just in Japan. The last uh, Metal Gear oh. I'm seeing is Metal Gear Solid Social Ops, and I know that's not it. What was it like? What Metal a... Gear Zombie? Metal Gear? <laughs> what a stupid Metal Gear Social Ops! That sounds like a dating app inside of a Metal Gear game. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind that. Let's see. Came I, out in 2018, right? Was it 2019? It came out in 2018, right? That no, no, it seems like it was too soon. I don't see it here. Metal Gear Survive. Yeah, That's there we go. He's right. Oh my god, yeah. what a terrible game! But I was also kind of looking this up to see what the last Konami game I remember coming out, and I don't really remember these, but I do remember they did have a new Contra come out. I think that was Konami. I'm pretty sure, yeah, and it was terribly received. 
um, awful game. I wasn't interested in playing it because it looked awful. But, yep, they're still fucking up their franchises, Contra being the latest victim. Good for them. I mean, like, <laughs> hey, you know, they're just like the – they went from the villains of the game industry to the clowns. Like, who takes Konami seriously anymore? Well, they used to be awesome. There was a day yeah. they used to be really awesome, yeah. They made Rocket Knight Adventures. I love that game. Mm-hmm. But that's what I mean. Like, the only thing that you really can think about now is how Konami is the reason that you can't play PT right now. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. True. True. Let's not forget that they did uh, Dance Dance Revolution also. Oh, oh I totally Dance forgot about that. <laughs> If they were still making Dance Dance Revolutions, that'd be that would be my my main workout routine. I used to love those games. Mm. Anyway, Fasil, you got another pick for us? Um I did. I did. It was so specific too. Oh, I wanted from software to to do uh a, an infamous sequel. Huh. That would mm. be interesting. Yeah. I was like, I kind of want. I, I, I've been thinking about playing Infamous. I've been wanting to, but I've heard that uh, those games are pretty solid. So I think, like you know, in general, they're good, like open world games. But I think mm. I would really, I'd really want to <laughs> lean into the superpower identity bit. And one of the reasons that I think I felt that is um, when I was like playing Bloodborne, uh, just some of the beasts are just so so magnificent to look at not in their both designs but in like how they how they contrast with like the darker overtones and and lighting in the atmosphere like the what was it what was it called the i don't remember what it was the lightning beast the the one that was covered in hair and looked like just skeletons but then when it woke up it just like has are you talking about bloodborne yeah yeah okay i know what you're talking about yeah, yeah, okay. So, I mean, like, when I saw that, I, like, I think, like, oh, yeah, I could, like, picture this, like, being this sort of kind of darker, gothic, very hard game where you're this, light, you know, lightning-powered guy trying to fight through this horrible place full of monsters. I play that, you know, like, you're just this lightning person or fire person or whatever, and you seem pretty badass, but there are some spooky things out there. Just be so you, would be, uh, you would want it to be, like, a sequel with Cole? McGrath as opposed to a sequel with Delson? Yeah, because I actually, even though I like Delson, he just seems kind of overpowered, you know? Um, overpowered? Yeah. His basic power was smoke? <laughs> no, it wasn't his basic power. That was someone, That was a power that he picked up from someone else. His oh, you're power, right. He's kind of like rogue. Yeah, his power is to take other people's powers. Mm-hmm. And not only that, he's stronger than Rogue because he can keep every single one that he keeps at once. He doesn't switch between powers, he just collects them. So it, it just doesn't, it feels like it kind of like takes away from like feeling survival and loneliness and brutality that from software games have. I think it'd just be a good way to just kind of uh, focus on the fantasy of this elemental powered character while also creating this, in, this hostile environment around them. In- so uh, Cole, he used like a like an electric prong as a melee weapon, right? Yeah. And then Delson used a chain. Um, I kind of feel like a chain would work better with from software games as opposed to yeah, what Cole used. I can't even remember. It was it's just like a two pronged electric 
a baton kind of, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like basically a fork. It's mm-hmm. a it's a tuning fork with lightning. <laughs> um I think I like especially like uh the way that like all those like big chains and tail whips and sweeps kind of work in in the boss battles anyways. I feel like it'd be just kind of a natural flow to the combat. Like some sort of like whip and chain combo. Yeah, I I kind of feel like uh it would be one of those things again where you're kind of gaining something and losing something. Yeah. Uh, combat would be really cool to have like it'd be kind of like a mix of magic and melee but uh i don't know if from really does an open world traversal as fun as uh um oh god what was the sucker punch that sucker punch does with like how you traverse the world and see it right i'd say i want to see from soft revisit armored core first and try to <laughs> and then I've make always uh, wanted that you know <laughs> make that MMO make that MMO version of uh Wait, armored, of armored core that we want armored core you never heard of armored no, core no no I have I just never knew that <laughs> that was firm software yeah mm-hmm. I never oh, knew yeah. that like um, they have no intentions of going back to it which is what was really sad I know oh, <laughs> the closest you can get to it is Damon X Machina on the Switch which if you forget that game let me know <laughs> Uh, no, no, I I don't remember what it was, but the first, the the only armored core game I I played was on the PS3. Was it probably the last ones? I think so. Yeah, like one of the probably one of the best skill ones that came out on the PS3 is probably Four Answer. The <laughs> only ones I played were on the PlayStation One, and I think it was Four God, Answer. Those games were so hard. <laughs> That's how you know oh, it was from oh, software. <laughs> I know, especially like the final bosses. Like I just I couldn't get through some of the. Just constant waves of missiles. And it's all about bin maxing and knowing your environment. Building right. Building also. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your PvP in the old games, go light mech because that gives you the advantage, uh, especially if you're on like the any maps where you can fall off of it. And then when it came to fighting, uh, doing story, build a medium to heavy mech. Yeah, I was going to say uh, what bugged me about that game or about those games is that I always wanted to build the mechs that had the four legs, the ones that like it turned into kind of like uh, a tank, uh, tank wheels when you moved around. But when you flew, it turned into rockets, but they were so fucking heavy that you couldn't even put a bunch of weapons on your mech or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. building your mechs was hard because there was mm-hmm. a weight limit. It's like, man, I just want to make a cool mech, but nope, can't do that. You gotta make a practical mech. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, um, let's move on to you, Josh. Uh, what What's you got that? for me? My last game. Uh, so this is another game that unfortunately did not do well. It actually lost something like sixty million dollars. <laughs> uh, it's made by. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to do this properly, but it was made by like multiple studios. I think Eidos or Eidos, Eidos guys who made. Uh, do I say Eidos? Eidos, yeah, Eidos, and another company or another another company worked on it. Another gaming company worked on it. Developing company made it, but it was published by Square Enix. <laughs> and it's Tomb Raider. No, uh, Marvel Avengers. Oh, your All favorite. Right. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> that's right. But Marvel Avengers is right there with Anthem. Actually, those these are two of those most something games I played in the past. The previous generation games. Uh, anyway, so uh, you're cursed. It, oh, everybody so, out there, take note if Josh is excited. Yeah, about a if I'm excited game. about a loot, yeah. If I'm excited about a loot, if I'm excited about a, a game, a loot based game, be scared because at this point, too, same with God, same with Godfall, Godfall. Fun game, but it's missing matchmaking. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I would like to see two different studios work on this game. 
I would like to see an OG team from Nintendo work on the um, work on the story, and I want to see Platinum Games work on the combat for Marvel Avengers. Yeah, if you want a good, if you want a game that plays good, go to Platinum. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I do. I, I feel like I mean it's tough because I think one of the biggest problems that Marvel Avengers had two problems actually. Uh, one you have Marvel who expects you to make a baller game, but then you have your shareholders as well for both, you know, Marvel and for uh, Square Enix that they want you to have this game out by a certain time frame in a certain time frame. And the game is one of those, it was like one of those games that, you know, if it would have stayed in the oven a little bit longer, could have been a little bit better. And they could have literally just wait. Like we're still waiting for the first DLC. <laughs> it hasn't come out yet. It comes out next week. Anyway, the first hero, new hero, is supposed to join the game, Kate Bishop. Uh, that DLC has not has yet to come out, and there are were some serious, you know, basic mechanics that were missing from the game. Uh, I'll I'll point out one blaring issue that really had for mechanics. So there would be doors that would require somebody with a ha- like a computer hacking skills to open, or there'd be doors that would require somebody like the Hulk to bust down, or Kamala Khan to bust down. So let's say you play as a character like uh, Captain America. Yeah, Captain America. You play as Captain America. One, you think that Captain America can probably break the door down, right? <laughs> um, or even maybe hack the door. And because uh, he might have somebody whispering in his ear how to hack the door. Anyway, if you bring Captain America on you, you're, you're, lock, you're, you're locked out of a lot of rooms or areas you can't get into because you don't have any, because he can't do anything really. And that's like why I pick Captain America. Exactly. So yeah, but um, or yeah. So but here's the thing. Like, let's say you had uh, Iron Man on your team and you had the Hulk on your team. They wouldn't try to like open the door or or bust the door down. They finally added pings in the system in the game where you can say, "Hey, Iron Man, go open that door for me," or "Hulk, go bust that door down for me," or even better yet, "Hulk, go smash that big ass enemy over there." (laughs) They finally added that into the game. So it's just, uh, I won't go too much more into it, but just, it's like, it's one of those games I'm still going to keep my eye out, eye on because I want to see if they can make it better. But it, I, other than I haven't guys, like I have not played a, a looter game, a game with looter, loot, loot content in it. That was rock solid. Uh, Alien Nation is the only game I played that has good, con- <laughs> <laughs> has good stuff. Oh, okay. Godfall has good stuff, honestly, but Godfall, the problem with Godfall is just it doesn't have my in my opinion it doesn't have multi it doesn't have matchmaking in it. Actually, since we talked last about Godfall, I ended up watching a few reviews of it, and the common complaint seems to be that once you get through the campaign, um, a lot of the filler stuff is just basically repeating the same missions or doing the same thing or fighting the same enemies. Yeah, that's better. So there's not really a yeah. There's not really like a long game there. No, yeah, and I mean, I got through the, I got to the, 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 I would consider the true end game, end game, but I can't enjoy it because the difficulty is so, I would say, so steep that I don't want to play the game now, right now. Oh, I don't want to play it right now until I can get one of my friends to play, or if they can add matchmaking into the game, then I can, I'll probably start playing Godfall again. It's such a shame because, um, because I wasn't too well versed in it from not seeing reviews before. It's it really is a gorgeous game. Uh and the art style is really great. I love all those armor styles that you could pick. But combat's fun. 
combat is fun in that game. <laughs> so. I don't know. I'm just going to... You're going to have to keep up with it and tell me if it gets better with updates and improvements. Because I, I, I don't one of these episodes, right yeah, one of these one of these episodes, I'll I'll tell y'all like there's uh, what the next looter game I'm looking forward to is, but I'm not going to say what it is right now because I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> 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 and hey, Temtem's coming out here in a couple weeks, y'all. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm getting that. I'm for sure getting that. You and I are playing that game together, man. We shall see. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so because they can support up to 99 players. On a one uh, how does the online work though? Is it that we would travel together or that we can fight each other? I have no, I haven't, I won't know until it, until I, until I get my hands on the game to test it. Yeah, because yeah. it's probably, I feel like it would, it's mainly just going to be, we would get to challenge each other with our Temtems mm-hmm. or do challenging fights together. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm, I, I'm just hoping that once again, getting another game that I hope that I'll have friends that get it, that I get to play with. <laughs> anyway. I'm for sure playing it just because it sounds like it's the they do everything that people want Nintendo to do with Pokemon that they just refuse to do. Mm-hmm. And the only Pokemon I really played the most was the most recent one that came out. I got Sword. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I was just kind of bored with it. <laughs> yeah, I have Sword and Shield, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Temtem, but I, I really want to give it a shot. I really want to like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Marvel Avengers though, made by you know, story made by the uh, one of the OG teams for Nintendo, and then have Platinum work on the gameplay for Marvel Avengers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would, that might make it better. Might make it a better game. <laughs> That'd be nice, and I don't think that's really like too wild of an idea. Not at all. Fabrice, um, what you got for me? So the last one I picked is more so like, what if these developers were the originals for this storyline? Okay. And kind of trying to see like, what would they have done with this? And it's, I feel like if Rockstar would have started The Last of Us or if they would take it over. But at this point, I'm going to talk about like what they could have done if they would have started The Last of Us. Mm. Like we both know these two developers have heavily story-driven stories, but they're, they're different styles. I'm always thinking, like, like what would they do? Like, how would surviving the infected and open world game be like? Or you know, like, we know that Rockstar has like these uh, comedic style to like how they do their games, like Grand Theft Auto, for example. Mm-hmm. So, what if they like had a, a game that is just making fun of how humans would survive during a pen, uh, uh, an outbreak, like? I don't know if so much it would be comedic because I think the closest game they have to The Last of Us would be Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, I was going to finish. Like, will they do the comedic style or will they have, like, like the Red Dead more serious route? Like, I don't, like, it's... They could do, I mean, they could do both. There's a lot of games that just kind of, like... Okay, not a lot, but there's, like, shows that that, that oscillate between being very super serious one second and just, like, you know, comedic the next. And I feel like, you know... I could see that working. Yeah. And since it's open world, like they like to condense different states and make into like one big map. Like, are you going to be able to encounter different groups that you have to fight against? Is there going to be multiple infected stages that you have to deal with? Mm. I just think, I think it would have been interesting to see Rockstar take on The Last of Us or if they would have started it, like what would they have done? And I, I don't know. I don't know why, but I just couldn't get that that uh, that Sasquatch mission out of my head. <laughs> oh my god, that mission's so sad. <laughs> He's like, just kill me. 
Just from the first or second one. That's in Grand Theft Auto. Was it in four? Five. Three? Five? It was in five? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you're basically killing well, I think off for all Reese, the definitely. Forces, but... mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, well, I... For... Fabrice, I think you. I think I would say like if uh, Rockstar were to work on it, it might actually have superior gameplay. It might, yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say the opposite. That's my biggest complaint from the uh, <laughs> Last of Us games. Yeah, that's my biggest complaint about the the Last of Us games. I don't like the gameplay. I don't think that yeah. Rockstar does the best gameplay at all. I think <laughs> the gameplay would be worse, but I think the experience might be better just because i know that they would do an open world a lot better and a lot more variety inside missions and stories being told uh where they could dip into you No, know, the they actually they might also i'm oh, sorry <laughs> they might also give you a bat that or a metal pipe that doesn't break when you hit when you hit monsters when you hit when you hit the infected <laughs> yeah it definitely wouldn't be the same horror uh low surprise experience um, but even Red Dead Redemption, mm-hmm. as silly and as good as that story was, I mean, what, what did I say, silly? Even as good as seri- good and serious as Red Dead Redemption Two was, it had its silly moments. There's mm-hmm. uh, a UFO you can find. Um, Fabrice told me about a mission that I couldn't find, but there's uh, a brother and a sister who are making out and being gross out in the middle of the wilderness that you it's, find. Yeah, it's an incest challenge. <laughs> oh, yeah, God, you know. Uh, do you guys remember that? I don't. They're they're long gone, but that studio that made Conquerors Bad for a Day. Yes, thank you. I yeah. wanted to bring up Conquerors for a Day every episode. Like, I would I would love it if the studio that made that game made Destroy All Humans three. Okay. I couldn't tell you anything about either of those games. Yeah, yeah I've never played. I've never okay. played those games. So yeah. so, d- so Destroy All Humans is uh, basically this series that only had two games in it. We were, we were playing as this alien invader, a classic, uh, classic green, green head uh, alien type. And you're doing classic green type alien stuff, abducting people, anal probes, zapping them, uh, feeding them to animals, all, that, all this kind of stuff. You're just killing humans. That's your thing. And uh, you're killing humans, and then you just kind of fall in love with this gal. You're still killing humans, though. It's just a, it's a fun game, and it's a good time. And I think that um, it was already kind of a silly game to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you just they would up the ante if the Conqueror's Bad Friday people did it, especially if they threw in another obligatory poop song. Sure. I mean, that was very random. So I want to go back to Fabrice's choice. <laughs> I wanted to uh, ask you, Fabrice, like, even though the styles of games that Rockstar and Naughty Dog do are pretty different, I did want to point out that both of those companies actually do environmental storytelling pretty good. So I can actually see the match happening pretty um, naturally, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just more of storytelling. Like it's just, I feel like it'll be different if rockstar would have done it and i don't know if i would have hated it or loved it it's hard to say yeah but it'd be interesting to see i i know this isn't a thing but i always thought rockstar seemed like they were um kind of uh like having a rivalry with sony games because it it seems like every time rockstar releases a game it's at the end of the year all the critic game Mm -hmm. awards pit it against one of sony's games Mm-hmm. And Rockstar always seems to lose. And 
it's always surprising because Rockstar makes massive money off their games and they're a mm-hmm. highly popular studio, but they just can't seem to beat a Sony internally developed game <laughs> as far as but the critics think of I it. Think, I think it's because uh, um, where, they, where they usually succeed in, in content, they don't necessarily succeed in narrative. And I think that's typically where Sony home studio games typically excel at. Well, the the last time a Rockstar game came out was Red Dead Redemption 2, and that was pitted against God of War. And I really, really, really fucking love the story of Red Dead Redemption 2, and I love that game. But when I think of it compared to God of War, I kind of think that God of War was a really impressive, beautiful, unique, uh, just a unique game that had a really great story. And I think it won just because the story was edited down and it didn't take you fucking 80 to 100 100 hours (laughs) (laughs) but that's but but i think that's a part of what um i mean like the games are contextually different because like red dead redemption has this kind of historical piece or context added to its to its story it's not just like one guy it's about his it's about this guy and his friends and the end of this era Whereas, you know, with God of War, it's just like a man and his son trying to spread some ashes of uh, of, of the, his uh, dead wife. And, his and his, most, his most recent dead wife, yeah. Right. <laughs> most recent dead wife. Oh, poor Kratos. God, my, my guy does not uh, have a Not to, like, to be maybe to be too controversial here, but I kind of feel like the gaming awards might be, there's a lot of bureaucracy when it comes to the, the games get picked. Um, oh, of course. That's, so it's kind of like, it's almost like, a, not sorry, people might get mad. You guys might get mad when I say this. It's almost like a, a really, really, really poor attempt at the Emmys for video games. Um, and it's because the way, I'm not sure how the Emmys are done, but my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, Frankie, when I say this, but uh, 90% of the vote comes from the, or comes from the journalists, essentially. And then the other 10% comes from the fans. But I think what you're concerned about is the nominees, which are also nominated by the critics. Yeah. And that's what, yeah, and it's true. Like, that's like, that's like one of my main concerns for when I watch the gaming awards this year on the 10th of December. Well, the Emmys, the Grammys, the Oscars, all that, it's one internal group deciding on what they think is the best. Whereas game awards is like the pool of all the journalists who pick and submit their nominees. Okay. So Josh's viewpoints do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of the cauldron of gaming. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true. Like, uh, you, I mean, cause you look at like, if you were, let's say you were to go like last of us two and look purely at the Metacritic score and the user score, uh, you could, if you look at it, you know, you can kind of say it's probably going to be last of us two won by the critics because it was reviewed very well by the critics, but it only got like a 5.6 or something like that for, a, for, a a, a, a uh, customer, what is it called? User score. User score. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, just, I'm not saying, I'm just, I'm just saying that. Just, you know, that's just my observation. For sure. And to be honest, we don't know how the critics versus the fan votes really tally into the game awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not really something that they play out on pub in the public view, and I don't think that they want to. So, yeah, it could be that it's 100% the critic votes and then the fan votes are just for um, PR, but yeah, it could also be that the critics are 10% and the fans are more 90%. Um, <laughs> either way, they don't want us to see how the sausage is made. 
Exactly. Right. 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 Companies so, ever do. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I guess to wrap up this episode, I'm going to go ahead and bring up, um, I know that I was, <laughs> I, I like the first thing I thought of when we were talking about actual games that were uh, franchises giving their games to other studios. The first thing that came up for me was Silent Hill because that series just broke my heart. Mm. Konami really fucked me over. So I guess um, my pie in the sky dream games. Um, the one I was going to mention was Silent Hills uh, teased by PT that came out in 2014. <laughs> Just the thought of Hideo Kojima, Guillermo del Toro combining their work to make a Silent Hill game and PT just being a tease of it. It it was my most anticipated game of all time. It felt like it was finally justice being done to the series that was so disrespected. And I call it my dream game because it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen because Konami screwed over Hideo Kojima and pushed him out of the company, mistreated many of their employees and just canceled that game straight off and pt is no longer available for people to download and play you have to have that game already and be lucky that you just didn't delete it because if you do have that game on your system expect it to double in price on ebay (laughs) you know actually uh what if uh oh never mind i just just, lost it uh, hearing that hideo kojima is looking into making his next game a horror game is good enough for me i really hope it's similar to what he did with pt and maybe bringing over some of his ideas that he had for silent hills but it's still a dream of mine that maybe sony's negotiating with konami to just like buy that franchise off of them and give it to hideo kojima (laughs) i would love that and uh the only other dream game i had put here was um i was trying not to talk too much about it because i wanted to have at least some dream games that i would um can you guys still hear me yeah Okay, sorry. Um, Let me talk. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what's happening with my audio. What's wrong? Can you not hear yourself? I it's fine now. I don't know. I'll have to oh make a note of this to edit it out. But no, no, for me, seven trouble. <laughs> I think it's affecting my audio for some reason. <laughs> okay, Fabrice, are you okay over there? I'm good. Okay, so um, the other dream game I had in mind was. Um, like I said, we brought it up earlier, but I was trying not to talk too much about it. So I had something to add to the conversation at the end, but I wanted Shinji Mikami with Tango Gameworks or Softworks, whatever that company's called. My bad, but I don't have the correct name, but it's Tango. I would love Shinji Mikami to do Mass Effect. Um, and it's ba- it's mainly because of a game that he did with Platinum called Vanquish. I don't know if you guys have played that or even heard of it. Oh, I've heard of it. I've seen it. Um, Vanquish is kind of like a third person sci-fi action shooter um, fast paced action shooter yeah. yeah and he what I love about Shinji Mikami is that when you play his games he has so many creative uh, gameplay ideas uh, whether it comes to The Evil Within or uh, Shadows of the Damned uh, Vanquish uh, you play those games and you Shinji Mikami delivers an experience um, that basically you you expect to be kept on your toes. You expect creative level design and creative things to do with the gameplay. Uh, I specifically thought of Mass Effect because in Vanquish, there's this level where um, you're on a train and there's a train that uh, you're trying to stop that you're kind of riding parallel with because there's bombs on it. 
and there's constantly enemies respawning on it. It plays similar to Mass Effect in the way that you're basically third-person shooter taking cover. But the thing that's cool about it is because that it's a sci-fi setting, the trains kind of twist around each other. So there's a point where the train that you're trying to stop twists and turns right above you to the point where you have to run around because there's no cover to take and you're shooting up and they're shooting down at you. And it's just cool ideas like that that I would love to see Shinji Mikami bring to Mass Effect because really the only thing that um, I think Mass Effect could use is just a little bit more creativity in the battles. Fair enough. Yeah. And the gameplay. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, maybe he could just work together with... uh, the core Hideo team Kojima. of Bioware, mm-hmm. Shinji Mikami or Hideo Kojima. Yeah, I don't know what Hideo Kojima would sure. do. Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah, and makes and to get rid of the whole like you know these guns have bullets. You know. <laughs> so. Yeah, I guess Facile. Since you said that, any game, any new IP, even having Hideo Kojima and Shinji Mikami working together would be a dream for I mean, me. That would be. I don't know. I feel like. You know, I wonder if that would actually work because, you know, they seem like too big to be in the same room, if you know what I mean. Mm. Plus, like, Kojima's uh, probably going to try and make, like, you know, the new new style of the new genre of games, too. <laughs> so. I would say, like, if I have to make it even more of a dream scenario, uh, maybe add Suda51 or Yoko Taro into those teams. Uh, Nothing Yoko would get Taro, done. anything. <laughs> Nothing would get done. <laughs> yeah. But I, I actually I would like to see Suda Fifty One team up with Shinji Mikami because Suda Fifty One has a lot of great ideas. Wait, Suda Fifty One did make a game with Shinji Mikami. Never mind. Well, <laughs> oh, you know, didn't Shinji Mikami also make Vanquish? Yeah, dude. That's why I said I wanted him to do Mass Effect. <laughs> oh. Were you not listening to me this whole time? <laughs> well, I mean, like, no. When you when you when you when you kept saying Mass Effect, I was like. He made Vanquish, so I thought for sure that you would have brought that up. Like, why isn't he bringing that up? It seems like such an obvious connection. And I just, like, I guess it just went over my head. Girl, that was literally the first game I brought up. <laughs> I brought up Vanquish before I brought up Mass Effect. Okay, that's probably why I didn't remember. <laughs> and then I brought up a level in Vanquish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Ah, facepalm, mom. Oh time to kick my friends out <laughs> hey hey you know like Fabrice said where it takes its toll especially when it triples no i love you you're fine that's a that's just a moment <laughs> that was yeah. uh that was me wrapping up what i had picked out did you guys have any other dream in the sky pie in the sky pigs flying well, we'll see what happens scenarios. with Temtem before I start saying whoever the group is making Temtem tell them, hey, go back and remake the Pokemon games. <laughs> Ooh, um, uh, oh, whoever, whoever made, whatever team made, I mean, I'm assuming this is the home studio, but whoever made the Final Fantasy VII remake, I want them to make a modern gay day version of Lana, of, a, of a Breath of Fire. They better do it after they finish the fucking remake. <laughs> I, if they're gonna like put it on hold to do well, Breath, Breath of Fire, is, is Breath so of Fire is Capcom. So yeah, it's a hope that God that, that Capcom decides to do Breath of Fire again. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. I'd be down for that too. Mm-hmm. Capcom be killing mm-hmm. it. You know, they. I wish there was like a, a a game company of the year. Like you just made good shit. No, 
no bull crap, no treatment and microtransaction, no nonsense, just a solid set of games. I'd give that to Capcom this year all day. I think it's like it's not even it's like there's there's no other studio that can really dis can actually like you know dispute it. It would be Capcom, yeah. Yeah, I just they uh, they really turned it around. I'd say there's room to argue, but that we're oh. not debating that right now. Oh, well, mention <laughs> men, mention mention one, mention one. We won't and we won't we won't draw too much. What other studio do you think could be nominated for Studio of the Year? I guess it just depends on what you think of as far as what they did for gaming, because I would argue that Naughty Dog. Made some big moves in accessibility for disabled gamers this year. Mm. That's fair, actually. I'll give well, you that. I'd only say the only argument would be for that is that um, as of I think 2017, video game company, video uh, video game uh, developers are supposed to meet certain requirements anyway. So it's almost kind of like giving rewarding them for something they're supposed to be doing anyway. They went up and beyond. Do do you um, see what they did? We're not debating this right now, but I yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're, you're going to debate. Like I typically always do. Anyway. Yeah, you're going to be debating with an accessibility specialist. So yeah, <laughs> it's like Republicans and Democrats. We'll just never convince each other. It's all good. It's all good. Until I, next. I worked time. in the I worked in the in that in that part of the industry, so it's all good. <laughs> oh, hoity-toity. Hey. <laughs> Well, guys, uh, thanks for joining me for this conversation. I know that we just had to make it work with what uh, our misinterpretation of the topic was, but I think it went okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. First off, let's give a big thank you to Anchor.fm for making all of this possible for us doing the podcast and putting it out there. Um, visit us at Anchor.fm slash TCOG. Uh, if you want to ask us questions, there's a link to send us a message through our website, but also uh, you can find us on Twitter at Cauldron Gaming. A big shout out and thank you to Naughty Bits for our music that we use. Um, you can find Naughty Bits on SoundCloud. That's Naughty Bits as in Naughty Boy, Naughty Boy. I know, right? I wish you would thank you. Yeah, it's all one word on SoundCloud. Yakushi, yeah, Yakushi G's naughty bits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you once again, all you guys, all you gamers, all you witches. Um, rate, subscribe on your listening platform of choice. It really helps us get out there. Do um, it. That should do it for us for now. Uh, let's say Le Bon Ton Roulet. You be kind. Game on.